I, uh, I want to do something a little different. Uh, I'm going to speak, continue speaking about the whole thing about faith. Notice I've got the two chairs. And, um, but I want to do something. I saw, I, I've done this with the staff, and uh, I, I want to, um, uh, it's an illustration that I saw someone uh, do online. Maybe you've already seen it. And, uh, but the reason that I am so kind of stoked about this is because I feel like it gives language if you attend this church, it gives language to kind of how we are wired. And, um, and so, uh, and it might give, might give some insight as to, you guys are a little bit different here and I can't figure it out. And uh, as soon as you do figure it out, if you could make it, I'd love to have coffee with you and you could tell me. But, because uh, I think we're still trying to figure it out. But anyway, no, we're, we're a church that loves the Holy Spirit and uh, we believe that God is a God of the now. So he was God of the past. He's coming, the God of the future. But those are great bookends, but we're looking for, he's a breakthrough God now. So anyway, so here's, my, here's, the, uh, here's the, the, the illustration I want to use. So um, <clears throat> I was watching this guy and um, he said, uh, he, he was talking with uh, the Navy SEALs. Uh, this guy, by the way, his name is uh, Simon Sinek, <clears throat> if, you've, if you've ever seen any of his stuff. And uh, t- talking with Navy SEALs, and he asked them, the, the commander, say, how do you guys pick the, uh, the, na- the, 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 the SEAL Team 6? So the til- seal, SEAL Team 6 is the best of the best of the best of the best. I, how do you pick those guys? I said, oh, we've got this. i got this for you right now. And what he did was he drew a graph. And there's another graph. A graph that looks like that, kind of, but there it is. So he drew a graph, and I did this with the staff, so I had a whiteboard so I could actually do this. So he drew a graph, and on one side, he put performance. On the other side, he put trust. They put trust. And uh, on, the, uh, on the performance side, uh, basically, and they, they asked questions. So the questions were centered around performance. Performance can be like, uh, you know, in your job, did you hit your quarterly uh, earnings? Did you hit your goals? That sort of stuff. And then there's a trust side as well. Well, being the Navy SEALs, they, uh, they ask a different kind of question. And it was basically centered around the performance side is on, uh, based on questions based on the battlefield. And then the trust side is uh, questions based off of the battlefield. So what they're finding is the, 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 the questions on the battlefield on the performance side would be, do I trust you with my life? But off of the battlefield, the questions were, do I trust you with my money and with my wife? So here's what they found out. Number one, first thing is, nobody wants this person right here. Low performance, low trust, right? That's a given. Everybody wants this person, high performance, high trust. But this is what they found out. This person, high performance, low trust, what they found out was, was a toxic leader and a toxic team member. High performance, low trust. And what they discovered was, was that they would even take a medium performer low trust, or even a low performer before they would take the high performer low trust. 
So say, well, Jeff, what's that got to do with, with, with the church? I'm going to answer that question in just a second. So, well, I'll tell you right now. So for here at, at Grace Center, and let me just tell you, so I, if, if, you've, if you fall into this category that I'm about to bring up, just know I'm not thinking about you when I said this, okay? Because some of you are going to go, oh, did I say that? Is he talking to me? No, I'm not talking about you. I'm just t- I'm trying to give an overall view of how we, how we operate here. Because for us, because we are so focused on safety, your safety, your children's safety, my safety, trust is huge here. And what I've found is, is that when people come to Grace Center and they say, oh man, I love this place and, and I love what you guys are doing and uh, I, I want to join up, I, I want to help out and I can do this, this, and this, and this, and this. And this is where I came from and I did this, this, and this, and this. I was like, that's awesome. What you're telling me is really good and I'm not discounting what you're telling me, but you need to understand that the currency here in this church is trust. It's not really based on performance, it's based on trust. That, that's what we trade on. And so when people come here and they tell me, you know, uh, again, again, if this is hitting you right between the eyes, I'm not talking about you. But when the people come here and they tell me all the stuff that they've done, what they're basically doing is, it's like, I, they're saying, I have credibility based on my credentials. And in some, in some places that the, that currency trades really well. And, but in this, this house, the, the currency that trades real well is the trust. And so th- this, this, uh, this guy went on to say, in the business world, we have metrics of measuring high performance. We've got met- we have metrics that can, that can, that can identify those, uh, that can refine those type of people uh, all day long. We have no metrics to, to highlight or to, to, to figure out the trust factor, the trustworthiness of an individual. And as a result, what we're doing is, is we are promoting toxicity. And when you promote toxicity, what happens is with a high performer, low trust, when you promote someone based on their performance and not the trust, what happens is, is because of the toxicity uh, that's, that's operating in them, it will eventually erode your organization. So... Here at Grace Center, the things that and we don't have it we don't have it measured out. We we we're we're trying to figure out how do you measure trustworthiness. We we haven't figured that out yet. It's interesting how that uh, you know uh, the the few things that we do have on this uh, on the line of trust would be like a new members class, uh, an encounter weekend. Um, help me out here. RTF or you know all of these things that we ask people to go through. That you'd be surprised how, again, if this is, again, this is the last time I'm going to say this. If this is hitting you square between the eyes, I'm not talking about you. Unless you actually said this to me, which you didn't. But basically, we got people that come through here and it's like, why didn't you go through a new members class? I was a pastor at the last place. I know all about membership. It's like, oh, this isn't about you understanding membership. This is about us beginning to know you. Here's, Here's the thing. My, I feel like from the Lord that I, my job here is, to, is not to build a big church. That's his job. Yeah. Unless the Lord builds a house, those that labor, labor in vain. Whew. No pressure there. 
So I'm not trying to build a big church. What I am trying to do is I'm, I'm aggressively, we are aggressively trying to do the best job that we can in stewarding the people that he sends here. So you didn't get a, a, a flyer in the mail about Grace Center. My goodness, if you found the church, that's a miracle in itself because there's no sign out there. It's like, are you kidding me? So the Lord is sending you here. So one of the ways, one of the reasons that we have a new members class is because one day we figured out we've got a lot of people that are coming here, but who actually attends here? Because people were saying, yeah, I've been going to Grace Center for, you know, three, uh, what, 15 years. Like, what? This is the first time I've ever seen you. Have you come every Sunday? Well, no, I came in 2008, came in 2015, came in through. It's like, oh, so you don't really attend here. No, no, but I call this my church. And so, which is fine. You can do whatever you want. The, the people that we were looking for is who are the, who are the ones that are coming here saying, this is where, this is, I'm putting a flag here. These are the, this is my tribe. This is where I belong. Because with those people, those are the people that were like, okay, these are the ones that we are called to steward. This is who we're responsible for. These are the ones that we want to lead, feed, empower, release, all of that. And so that's how we find out who you are. It's by going through a new members class. The other thing, so another thing that we found is, is that the, the encounter weekend is one of those things uh, or one of those uh, tools, if you would, that also helps ensure safety. It, it's not the answer all by any means. It's not an answer all to anything. None of these things are, none of these are an answer all to anything. It just, it's a, it's a, it's actually, it helps us identify the positions of people's hearts because it's the ones who say, I was a pastor. What? I'm not going through a new members class. It's like, oh, okay. Well, I mean, you could feel free to come here, but you, you, you're not going to be able, we're probably not going to put you in anywhere in the structure of this organization because we don't, I'm not sure what that is. It's probably a wound, but we don't trust you. Is that, you guys are looking at me. Is that good? So, so, so I wanted to, I wanted to, the other thing that, 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 that this guy said was, was the, per, what they found, this is the Navy SEALs. This is the top, this is the top organization in the country. The, 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 the most efficient organization in the country is, is finding this out. They are saying that, uh, oh, oh, and here's the other thing he said was, he said, in any company, you can find out who the top left person is. You just walk in and say, who's the biggest jerk? That's not the word that he used. But who's the biggest jerk? And everyone points to the same person. Conversely, they say, who is the person that you trust the most? And more times than not, it's the person with the, the, the middle producer, the medium producer with the, with the high uh, trust, or it's even a lower. But it's, that's the person who's actually creating a safe environment for everyone else to flourish in. And this guy said, by all means, this is the person you want to keep on your payroll. That person is doing more to affect the overall outcome of your business or organization than the high performer is. So, some of your work, like, who's that? I wonder who that is in my company. So, anyway... Okay, so I just wanted to share that just, just to, well, I'm sure somebody will pack, unpack this a little bit more, but it actually adds a little bit of clarity as to why we do what we do. And uh, so, is that good? All right. You said yes, and so I have to trust you. Okay, well, so... 
like I said, first service, it took off, and uh, we just let, let that, I want to tell you something, um, which I felt like was kind of pertinent to today, and actually what happened in first service. So Becky, my wife, comes to me this week, she goes, hey, uh, I had a dream, and I said, like, oh, want to hear it. And uh, she said, someone visited me, and they were telling her uh, that, that they're pointing to the dove that was in this room that was up there in the rafters, and they said, the dove has actually come to remain. The dove is here. And they begin saying some other stuff. Well, then she looks down and sees a banquet table on the floor and all of us sitting there eating. So <clears throat> I feel like, and I said this first service, I feel like that the image of the dove, I don't think that the dove was up in the rafters today. I think the dove came down and was actually walking amongst, uh, among us. And so anyway, that's, that's yeah, so... Yeah, so I'm encouraged. Okay, well, I am going to do a quick message. And uh, I want to go back, uh, if, you were, if you've been with us, I want to go back to this verse right here, which is Mark eleven twenty four. 24. And um, we're going to do something a little different today. But Mark eleven twenty four. So Father, whew, with all the things that are that are happening, Lord, all the all the things that are uh, that are happening this morning, I ask Holy Spirit that you would come, and that you would give us, Lord, would you give us a gift of understanding, and Lord, understanding beyond what I'm going to say, but understanding according to what your Holy Spirit is saying. And so, Lord, I know that you're going to be saying things to individuals' hearts that go beyond what I'm saying in my words. And so, Lord, I ask, Lord, for clarity. I ask, Lord, for uh, just an undivided attention to be able to listen to what you're saying. And, uh, yeah, and, Lord, I ask, Lord, that you remove confusion and fear and anxiety off of your people. In Jesus' name, amen. So anytime that it's been a while since I've spoken, I'm, my heart is to make sure that we're all on the same page. So anytime that I've, you know, I, and I've talked to Grace Center, I'm seeing a lot of new faces today. And so if you've been here before, forgive me uh, for not seeing you, but um, I haven't seen you before. And uh, welcome. So, um, so anytime that I, I bring up something, it's... It's important for me to make sure that we're all on the same page. Well, the danger in doing that is some of you have been here every single week and you've heard this numerous times because this is like the 23rd week that we've talked about this. And I've told you before that every single one of us have in our brains have a natural screensaver. Your brain has a natural screensaver. Just like your computer has a screensaver, your brain has a natural screensaver. And the screensaver is designed to save energy in your brain. And when the screensaver comes on in your brain, it's usually centered around a couple of things. One is, is I already know this. Or number two, I've already seen this. And then the, the screensaver comes up in order to save energy. But the way that, that, and this is a scientific fact, the way that you can negate the screensaver is that you force yourself to go, maybe I'm going to hear something new. 
And that causes the screensaver to go, or whatever it does. And you're able to hear. Because there might be something here that you're, that there might be something here, H-E-R-E, that you're going to hear, H-E-A-R, that you haven't heard before. Okay? Yeah. All right. So, this verse, Mark eleven twenty four. So, I tell you, when you pray for something, believe that you have already received it, then it will be yours. So, if you remember, we talked about this verse, and in this verse, there are three verb tenses. There's a present, when you pray. Believe that you have already received, which is the past, and the other one, which is the future, which I'm going I'm to do something different in just a second. I don't mean to go that, 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 that much into it. So that's all great, and we can all say amen, but however, when you start to practically apply this verse, we kind of get lost in, it seems like a riddle. And so it says, so I tell you, when you pray for something, I'm praying for something. Believe that you have received it. And it's like, that is so foreign to me. Because in order for me to believe that I have received something, when I don't have something, makes that object or whatever I'm praying for actually invisible. Right? So I'm praying, I'm supposed to believe in something that I don't have Lord, I'm asking for a beach ball. I'm believing I have a beach ball. I believe I've already received that I've had a, I have a beach ball. And this feels so foreign to us. And he says, when you do that, when you believe, then you will have it. It'll become visible. Again, yay, yay, Jesus. That's awesome. I'm on board with you until I start to try to apply this in my own life. And the, the thing that, that I just cannot get past is that when I pray, when I'm praying for something, I'm believing that I have it. I'm, 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 I'm to believe that I have it, but instead of being comfortable with the visible, invisible, I automatically revert over here to look for it in the visible. And when I don't see it in the visible, I don't think I have it. Okay, good. You're with me. So, the thing is, If I don't see it, I won't believe it. Because seeing is believing. Right? But yet Jesus is saying, oh, no, 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 no. Believing is actually seeing. And so we kind of go, okay. I'm with you on that. I, I, I understand it up here cognitively, cognitively, but down here in the practicality, I always, something that's like a magnet that goes, it pulls me back to here, to the visible. And this place right here is where the enemy comes in and brings all kinds of accusation. All kinds of, this realm over here is what you call a faith buster because I don't see it yet. And yet, what Jesus is saying, there is actually a process, if you would, to faith. Supernaturally, faith. Faith in the invisible realm, when you're praying for something, believe that you have received it. Well, believing I received it is all in the invisible realm. Yes, believe that you've received it in the invisible realm. And then 
you will have it. And it's not going to go from, from the invisible. It's not going to go from him to here without going through here. It's not going to go into the visible without going through the invisible. That's what we've got to get comfortable with. So according to this verse, so I tell you, when you pray for something, believe that you have received it. So let's take that phrase. Just This is all a reminder. Believe that you have received it. So that tells us, Jesus is telling us, between these two realms, the invisible realm and the visible realm, where do we put our faith? In the, in, in the visible or in the invisible? You guys are all chicken. It's not a trick question. It's in the invisible. In the invisible. Again, it's like, oh, this completely is blowing my mind. Believe that you have already received it. Where do I receive? In the visible or the invisible? invisible. The invisible. This is so hard. So, we're supposed to put our faith in the invisible, but I'm so prone to going to the visible. I check to see if, something, if I have something by going to the visible. So, let me help you with this. The visible, if I could clarify this, has to do with the realm of the five senses. Right? Can you guys see over here? So, the visible has to do with the realm of the five senses. What does that mean? Well, if I'm praying for something, what I'm going to check to see is, is can I touch it, see it, hear it? If I can't, then I don't have it. That's what this thing, this whole thing is about. Okay. So here's the thing about the, the, the five senses. We're going somewhere with this. As you know, the five senses work independently of each other. So I, so, uh, you know, I, I see what I can't hear. I hear what I can't see and so on and so forth. If when Becky walks into the room and she's wearing perfume, just because I don't see it doesn't mean that she's not wearing it. So the five senses, they work independently of each other. What I'm wanting to present to us is that what if faith was a sixth sense? So if faith is a sixth sense, it can work independently just like all the other five senses work independently. Now, all of a sudden, if faith is a standalone sense in itself, it doesn't, it doesn't depend on what the other five senses either see or they don't see or feel or touch or whatever. You don't doubt the, the existence of what you see because you can't hear it or taste it or smell it. You don't doubt the existence of what you cannot see because you don't taste or smell or hear it, right? 
then why doubt the existence of what you have taken by faith because you don't see it, feel it, or whatever? You with me? To examine or or look at our natural five senses to determine whether or not we have an answer to prayer is just as ridiculous as trying to see with our ears or hear with our eyes. In other words, just because we don't see it, feel it, or discern it through our five natural senses is no reason for doubting because the evidences on which faith rests are different. The evidences on which faith rests, faith rests on the word of God, what God says. That's where faith rests. Now, can I just say that if that phrase fell on a dead spot where you go, uh, in our hearts, it's just an indicator that our minds need to be renewed. So I want to look at something that we talked about a few weeks ago in scripture. It's the, it's the story of the 10 lepers. In Luke chapter 17. Let's look at something. As Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered a village there, 10 men with leprosy stood at a distance crying out, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, go show yourselves to the priest and as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. Le- leprosy. <laughs> leprosy. <laughs> so, you guys remember this story? Ten lepers over, sequestered somewhere. Jesus is walking through. They can't get to him because of their disease. So the closest thing they can do is yell out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Jesus, walking by, says, go show yourselves to the priest. That's an that's a, that's a interesting thing to say. Go show yourselves to the priest. In other words, what he's saying is, when he says, go show yourselves to the priest, it's done. I've given you my word. You with me? I've given you my word. So I would love, I would love to be, I would love to see, I wish there was a translation that actually uh, unpacked people's thoughts, you know, back in the day. I'd love to see what their internal dialogue was. Go show yourself to the priest. Why? I don't feel any different. I don't see any difference. Why would I want to go show myself to the priest? So the question is, we asked this before, when were they healed? And we answer this, they were healed when Jesus said, go show yourself to the priest. It says, as they went, the thing that I want us to see is that when Jesus said the word of God was released, when you pray, believe that you have received, 
then you will have. Jesus, have mercy on us. Master, have mercy on us. Go show yourself to the priest. That word, which was invisible, went into the invisible realm. They had a choice to either hold on to it or revert over here to their five senses and negate it. They chose, I don't see it, I don't feel it, but maybe he knows what he's talking about. And as they went, as they walked in obedience to what he said, it manifested. The reason I'm telling you this, folks, is that some of you have some very big promises that the Lord has spoken over your life and you're doing this thing right here. You don't see it on the horizon. You don't see it, you don't hear it, you don't smell it, there's nothing. And yet, the, what he has said to you is just as true as if you have it. Remember, the one who cannot lie. Can I just tell you, probably none of us know anybody like that except for a little child. The one who cannot lie, and God who cannot lie, Titus chapter two, verse one. So, Hebrews 11, one. Faith is the evidence of things we cannot see. So, if we are taking still, still, still in the in the senses realm, because I'm trying to uh, trying to introduce to us that faith is a sixth sense, just like the five senses work independently of each other. Faith can also work independently of the five senses. So faith is the evidence of things we cannot see. Let's let's change that verse and put it into the realm of the senses. Perfume is the evidence of things we cannot see. Can't see perfume. Can smell it, but can't see it. Faith is believing in what God says despite the evidences, the evidence of the senses. Faith is believing in what God says, despite what we don't see or don't feel or don't touch or don't taste. Faith, when we're operating in faith, it actually means we have left the realm of the senses. Do we do some shots of espresso? So in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, Paul says this, for we live by believing, not by seeing. We live by believing, not by seeing. People, the enemy, the devil is on a rampage around stealing the promises from us because he's getting us to focus on this realm right here. All I'm trying to do today is to ask us, would you consider Faith as being maybe a sixth sense that 
can operate independently of the other five. We had talked about this before. The enemy's number one objective is to get you to drop your seed, to drop your promise. Just let go. Just stop believing. Just become discouraged. And God, who cannot lie, cannot lie if he promised you something. We talked about this before, that the justice system of the kingdom of heaven, Psalms 89, 14, righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. God would be unjust if he did not fulfill the promise that he made to you. He would be unjust. He'd be called an unjust God if he made you a promise and it didn't come true and he didn't fulfill it, right? He would be an unjust God if he made you a promise and did not fulfill it. Can I just tell you, you'll be the only one that could stand before him on that day and say, hey, you know what? You said this and you didn't do it. It's not gonna happen. What we don't understand is that it's usually us letting go of the promise on our end. The reason that we let go on our end more times than not is because I don't see it. God told Abraham, you're gonna have a son. You're gonna have a son. Great. Abraham's like, where is he? You're gonna have a son. Go out, count the stars. That's how many, that's how many descendants are gonna come from this son. I don't see him. For 25 years, 25 years, the promise, 25 years, halfway through, Abraham thought, oh, maybe what he means is is that I'm supposed to uh, have a child by someone else other than Sarah. No, that's not what he meant at all. 25 years. God was true to his word. God will be true to his word to you. I'm trying to tell you. Let's, let's put it like this. Let's talk about invisible. Forgiveness is invisible. How do you receive forgiveness? In what? What? His promise. His word. We receive forgiveness. We can receive forgiveness. That's invisible. What's the difference in, in the invisibility of forgiveness and the invisibility of the promise? Healing. What's the difference? No, guys, I'm just trying to get us to, to get out of this rut. The Lord's called this church, this church, his church, to look like him. To realize that when we say he's the God of the impossible, we're not just throwing out a t-shirt slogan that we're going to copyright and make some money at. We're actually, we're actually behind, we're living in a reality that we know him to be, I'm trying, I'm, people. Hebrews 11.3, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. There it is again. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God framed by the word, the word of God is invisible. Knowing so that the things which are seen were not made of the things which are visible. There's a little bit of a formula here. 
it always goes, when God speaks, it always goes into an invisible realm where you don't see and I don't see what he's doing. When God speaks to you, when he gives you a promise, it goes into this realm here. But where the enemy has been so good at stealing from us is he gets us to focus over here. I don't see it. There's nothing on the horizon. I don't see it. Therefore, I don't have it. I don't think he's going to do it. I don't, I don't, all of that. So we put our faith in God's word in its invisible form first. And then it becomes visible. So I tell you, when you pray for something, believe that you have already received it. Allow it, allow your faith separate from what you see, what you hear, what all of that, allow it to stand alone by itself. Don't let the five senses influence the truth of what he said to you. Can I read you a testimony? <laughs> says, hi, I have a praise report. I woke up on Monday morning, January the 20th of 2020 with no hearing in my right ear. I reached out to many friends for prayer. After a few days, I went to the doctor. It turns out that I had sudden sensory neural hearing loss. On Sunday morning, January the 26th, I determined to go up for prayer after the service. Prior to going to church that morning, during my personal prayer time, I asked God for just a kiss from him, like a word of knowledge to the prayer team, anything. I thought that would be wonderful, encouraging, and faith-building. At the end of the early service, when calling people up for ministry if they wanted, the words of knowledge were relayed. The first one was for issues with hearing. Thank you, God. I did not receive healing right away. So she, she came, they came up for prayer. Did not receive healing right away. But in the early hours of Wednesday morning, three days later, I was awakened from sleep. I immediately knew something was different in my right ear. I could hear. I happened to have a, uh, an appointment scheduled that morning with a doctor. The hearing test showed that 60% of my hearing was restored. Yesterday, one week later, I have 98% restoration. Praise God. So, in Mark, where it talks about they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Again, if you've had prayer for any sort of body ailment and you had prayer and you walked out and you didn't feel it, see it, whatever, more times than not, we let go of our faith. So I'm saying, church, hold on. The one who is faithful will be faithful to you. Regardless of what your past is, regardless of what you think, allow him to surprise you. Can we do that? All right, let's stand.